this is a brand new series that I'm starting with my students that I want to start with you guys as well. But also, this was a sermon series that was inspired by somebody um, that I had a phone call with this person three months ago, and um, she was asking to come help in the youth group. And I wanted to call her, you know, because I, I make sure that, you know, they're good to go. And for this person, she was pretty much good to go. And we discussed for hours on youth ministry because that was her thing. That was her big thing is she loved seeing young teenagers find themselves in Christ. And uh, we had a very long conversation about it. And the topic that we were talking about uh, was self-image. It was talking about how a lot of teens in this culture right now do not understand the image of God because they're so distorted by the image of the world or culture. So she inspired me to create this message. And to spoil it, that woman was Kobe Westbrook. She called me months before to talk about it, and she gave me the inspiration to m- preach this series. And so this message is obviously from the Lord, but I also believe that this is also dedicated to Miss Kobe because she would I know she would have wanted me to preach this as well. She actually mentioned a while back that she listened to the youth podcast, and I was like, what? You do? And she, w- she was like, yeah, I-, I listen to the podcast all the time. And I was like, it's for teenagers. Are you sure you want to listen? She went in her twang, I said, I don't care. I don't care. I'm going to listen to it anyway. So I was like, okay, listen to it. So so she's a big inspiration for this message, and obviously the series, and I'm very, very excited to preach it called Note to Self. Um, one main announcement, um, tomorrow is the final day to register for the ladies' crawfish boil. Who's already signed up? How many ladies are signed up for the crawfish boil? Okay, all the other ladies, get some sign up, get some crawfish, okay? La- tomorrow's the last day to do it. So if you were... At wanting to go um, to the Ladies Crawfish Bowl, you can sign up tonight or even tomorrow as well. I believe tomorrow's the last day. Okay, cool deal. All right, so note to self, week one. This uh, It's all on the topic of who am I, why am I here, why did God make me, what value do I have? And these are questions that are... A lot of questions that a lot of younger people ask, or even even people in my age range from 20 to 25 ask, why am I here? What's my value? What's my purpose? What, what am I doing here? And I believe for this series for a lot of teenagers, this is going to amp up their, not just a confidence boost or a, or a, a, a self-help type thing. I want... I want not just young people, but even some of us in here to understand the image of God that is in us. Because some of us struggle with our image because I I believe we don't fully recognize or understand the image of God in our life. This is why a lot of us struggle with that. So this series is going to be a plethora of things that I want to talk about when it comes to self-image. It's going to be a four-week series. So anybody who doesn't come to youth, just listen to the youth podcast and you're good to go. Um, and I want to dive into God's word of what he says, um, and how and when we view ourselves through God's lens, our lives will be filled with kingdom purpose when we understand the image of God. So my theme scripture tonight, if you're taking notes, is Genesis 1, 26 through 27. It says, then God said, let us make human beings in our image to be like us. They will reign over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, the livestock, all the wild animals on the earth and the small animals that scurry along the ground. So God created human beings in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God makes it very clear that we are made in the image of God. No matter if you're saved in here, or not. Every, every human being has been made in the image of God. We were made in his likeness. Everybody has a piece of that within themselves. And so when you don't know who you are in him, you will look at other images to follow. We are people that are naturally willing to follow images that, that help us accommodate for what's inside of us. And if it's not the image of God, we will run to so many other places to get an image from. So the title of tonight that I want to get us back on and encourage you is get back to the image. Get or back to the image. 
I have to teach myself sometimes, even as a pastor, to go back to the image of God. Because if I'm not reminding myself of who is in me, then I will scatter to things that are not of him. So I have to, I have to remind myself when I'm feeling like I'm doubting myself or I feel inadequate or I feel like, like all of this stuff, like I, I'm not up to measure this. I go back to the image of God. And it's the same thing for us in any aspect of our life. We, we kind of get stuck in this place of like, of like, am I, am I this or am I that? Am I ready to do this? Am I ready to not? You can't really question yourself because you didn't make you. Y'all heard that? You can't do that because you didn't make you. God made you. You're made in his image and his likeness. So this means that when I am so unsure of myself, I know that I can go back to the image of God. I have to go back. Because when Adam and Eve sinned against God, it created a sinful nature, which created a sinful image. But because of Christ, when you become born again, the image of God starts to put itself back together within you through sanctification. There's this, uh, this story of this lady. Um, she's pretty popular, um, on, on the media platform. And she had, uh, she's had a lot of, she's had a lot of work on herself. Basically saying that she's done a lot to her body, her image, to make herself look a certain way. And it was a lot, and, and let me just put it in this code, it was a lot of money. So she does all of these things. She's, she was also doing a lot of different things that were often inappropriate, thinking that that was her image, thinking that that's who she was supposed to be. And she, and she was with all these other men, like sleeping with all these other men. It was, a, it was crazy for this one woman that thought that her image was right and was true and was good enough. A couple months back, she got born again on her birthday and she got baptized. But at the same time, you still need to realize even when somebody gets first saved, you have to see if they're saved by the fruit. So we had to wait a little, people had to wait a little while to see if she was, if that was legit. And then months later, all the implants that she had, I'm going to just say it, all the implants that she had all over her body were taken out. She even had a demonic tattoo somewhere on her arm and she got it lasered off. And she doesn't go by her nickname anymore. She goes by her government name. What am I trying to say? I'm saying that she went back to the image she was originally made for. And some of you in this room, you might not have that. You probably don't have the money for that. Nobody, I don't think anybody has the money for that. I'm saying, what type of implants have you made upon in yourself? What type of stuff have you put in you that has modified you in order where you're not what God made you to be originally? I think sometimes when we, when we get into this place of thinking that the, the image of God is just a, is just a cool encouragement. It's a very powerful truth that sets a lot of people free. Just like this woman's story. Check this out. She wasn't changed from the outside in. That's not what changed her. She didn't take the implants out when she came to Christ. She came to Christ and then they were taken out. Then they were, then they were off. Then she got the tattoo laser off. Why? Because it doesn't come, you're not supposed to come to Christ and have it all together. We all know this. If you're saved in this room, you know you didn't have to come to Christ all put together. You came to Christ and got changed. Amen? You came to Jesus at a broken place, not at a place where you were at the top of your game. You came to your lowest place possible and found Jesus. And that's where you found the image of God in your life. That's where you found the image of God. So it's the same thing for her. And it's the same thing for us. Culture tries to shift image on everybody. It doesn't even have to be that crazy. Who's a mom in here? Raise your hand. You need to get off of social media and stop comparing yourself to other mamas. I'm hitting. You got to be ready for it. I'm going to snap a little bit. I'm going to give some little things. When you, because it's like, oh, but they're doing so good with their kids and they're showing, it's so nice. They're only showing you what they want to show you. 
They're showing you a highlight reel to something that you should not be comparing yourself to. I'm telling you, after, listen, I've learned, if you are seeing that in an image, but the moment that that camera's off, there's some, there's some type of like demon activity with the kids, that's what happens. We all know this. If you have kids, you understand. My parents understand this. We had one picture one time. I think I remember this. It's so vivid because I was so young. It was a really, really, really great picture. But I was off the walls as a kid. Like, they let me watch Spider-Man when I was a kid, and I was just bouncing everywhere off of every single couch, a wall, you name it. I probably put a hole in the wall because I was acting like Spider-Man. Whatever it was, I, I, was, I, was, I was good in one moment, and then I was like, eh, in another moment. Like, I was, like, demonic, but I really wasn't. I was just a crazy kid. But, but, but to every mom in this room or even to every, every person that has a job and you're insecure about the job that you're at because one employee is doing better than the other or you're a business owner, you're in ministry, you have to stop comparing an image to that because you're looking at a cultural normal that we put because nobody's going to put nobody's going to put their kids acting up on Instagram. Nobody's going to do that. It's unrealistic. It's not real. It is real, but not on Instagram. But you have to you have to look at an image in a different way and you got to stop comparing yourself to that type of look. The biggest comparison I I ever had as a youth pastor was, "Oh, well, this youth group's bigger than mine." And when I get into that, when I get into a number mindset, I get insecure and I'm like, where's my place in all of this? Where's my spot? I feel like they're doing better than me. They're probably reaching more than me. They probably stole one of my students. I don't know. I'm just making that stuff up in me to accommodate for my comfort because I'm afraid that my image is not put up like another youth pastor. But God designed me for this specific moment in this specific time, and it's the same thing for you. You can't compare yourself to somebody else's position when God gave you that position. You can't compare yourself. It's, 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 it's you're comparing yourself with one image to another image that's made in the image of God. So you can't do that because he designed them for that, and he designed you for this. So you can't, you can't put yourself in something else that's not for you. So you have to remember, when I get comparing, when I start to compare my kids to their kids and, and, and my business to theirs and my ministry to theirs, I got to go back to the image of God because when I go back to the image of God, I now understand and I'm more at comfort with me and with God when I start to stop comparing myself. So you have to learn to stop doing that. You have to learn to get yourself out of that place of comparing. Because why would I compare myself when I'm already made in the ultimate image of God? My new image is with Jesus, not what the world considers good looking. Let me go deeper with this. Uh, image can also correlate to what the world considers success. You can actually, this is how people do it. People will put an image on you based on how successful you are. And that is a horrible place to be because we are not meant to be praised that much. You know that? Human beings are not meant for that much glory. You know, a compliment there and then, that's great. But when it comes to actual praise and glory, we're not built to carry that. Who's built to carry that? They got it. Who's built to carry that? If he's built to carry that, I don't need to. Because how bad is it, the stress of carrying glory, of carrying an image of status? What is the point of that? It could be heavy. Now, for some people, they have it because I believe God's put them in that position. But if you think you have to be successful and that be your image, you've missed the image of God. You've missed it. So I want to encourage you with that. you got to get yourself back into the image of what God says you are. I've learned something else. God didn't take anything out that he put in me in the first place. He didn't take how goofy I am. He didn't take out the, 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 the funny stuff and the dumb stuff and the cute stuff and all that stuff that he already put in me to begin with. But he did take out things that weren't of me that caused my separation from him. He took all of that out. And he put, he kept his image on me. And he put everything else out the window because 
when you have something that's not the image of God, it can distort you and you can leave feeling shameful. Ephesians 2.10 says this. Let me encourage this a bit more. For we are God's masterpiece. He has created us anew in Christ Jesus so that we can do good things he planned for us long ago. Scripture takes a step further to tell us that we are God's masterpiece. Of all things he has created, I need you all to hear this, the creation he is most proud of is you. Let that sink in. The most proud creation that God is proud of is you. Why? Because he handmade you. He took his time. He took his effort while you were in your mother's womb. He took effort and time to create James. He took an effort to create Sadie. He took effort to create this amazing lady. Love you. You, God created you in his likeness and in his workmanship. He made you. And when you begin to look at other things that you are, you are imitating or putting an image on, you will start to lose that image, that beauty that God already put in you and created you for. So it's easy to fall into the trap of thinking that you aren't worth much if you think you are a throwaway part of God's creation. Because there's a lot of people out there. There's 8 billion people in the world. But put that scripture back up, Doug, Ephesians 2.10. I want you to catch this. He doesn't just say we are all. If God would have said we are all, then we would be insignificant. But watch what he says. Oh, he did say we are. Let me backtrade on that. When he says that we are all made, you're not just one piece. You're not just one little figment in, in the kingdom of God. He built you specifically. He put you in a position and in a place where you would be his masterpiece. Are y'all catching this? Because I feel like y'all, y'all been, is, is work hard or what? Like I want to get this to you for you to understand that you are created in the image of God. It's that simple. It's that simple. When you start to put yourself in a position of I made in the image of God, not what people say I am. When I put myself in the image of God, not what I see tradition like, and I got to be in this tradition. I, I see myself in the image of God no matter what people say. Listen, y'all, it's insecurity when, when I, I you, sometimes, look, I do care about what people think. But then another part of me is like, no. Because when you show yourself and you put yourself in the image of God and you know that you're in the image of God, you will see yourself as God sees you. So when other people say stuff, it doesn't hit you as hard. It doesn't hurt you as much. Why? Because you are bringing yourself back to the image of God. You're going back to the image of God. I'm not trying to stay in this place of insecurity. I'm not trying to stay in this place of, of inadequacy because I'm not built for that anymore. I'm put in the image of God. When you remember that, who cares what people think? When you put yourself in a position where God, you're in the likeness of him and that he cares for you, everything everybody else says, I would rather just bite my tongue. Because everybody else who is out to get me, they must know that God is for me. So I need to stay in a place of knowing that God is, I'm made in his image and in his likeness. So nothing can really harm me. Doesn't mean hardship will come my way. No, that, that that's a given. Jesus said we would have trouble. Jesus said that we would have problems. We would have situations where we would be downcast. But he said he would be there because he promised it. And he is our image to keep. He's our image to emulate. Now you're probably wondering, how do I get back to the image? I feel like that's a, the wrong question. It's not that we need it. How do I get back to the image? It's what am I looking at right now? It's not really how do I get back to the image because it's, it's very easy. You read it in scripture. God affirms you in his presence and in prayer. He gets you back to where you need to go. But sometimes it's not just God trying to put your image, the image of him back in you. It's you. You have all these other images. 
that you are copying and emulating in your own life that aren't God. And so I want to talk about this. And this lady that I talked about, about the implants and all of that, I think there were three things that she was corrupted by that caused her image to go astray. Number one, this is easy, people. Got very quiet. People. When you understand that people are an image of God, but they are not the image of God, you will be in a right place to not idolize others. I'm not just talking about some, you know, like, I want to be like so-and-so when I grow up. I'm not just talking about that. I'm talking about people that are even in your circle. Good example. I want, I want, I want, I want to, I want to blow your mind for a quick second. Good example or even bad example. None of those are your image. What? You're supposed to take good image in, 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 you can take a good example. Like, for example, for example, I wish he was here. I love him. He actually called me before, Pastor Brandon. I was going to, I, he told me he wasn't going to be here. And I said, you know what? I'm less stressed because when he's here, I get a little nervous because he's my, he's my pastor. But, but one of the, one of the things that, I've learned is that I will always emulate his leadership. I will always take what he is teaching me as a treasure. But let me tell you something. Pastor Brandon is not my image. The people that you look up to, they are not your image either. Because you're missing the point. I'm not talking about what you, what you, not just what you aspire to be, but, but who you are. I'm not Pastor Brandon and Pastor Brandon is not me. He's way better than me, for sure. But when you look at an image like that, that's not, he's not my image. He is a, an amazing example in my life, but he is not my image. God is. And when you keep God as an image, you will not idolize. Sometimes we idolize a good example. And sometimes we'll take a good example and we'll put it in front of God instead of God being the ultimate example. And it's the same thing, you're probably like, okay, that's obvious with bad people, that the bad examples, that make sense. Kind of, you can learn from bad examples. You'll learn what not to do, obviously. But I want to read you this, Isaiah 2.22. It's a little harsh in the message, so just prepare prepare your, your, your hands. Quit scraping and fawning over mere humans, so full of themselves, so full of hot air, can't you see there's nothing to them? I was like, okay. Because for me, I'm like, I like the bubbly, encouraging stuff. So when I read that, I was like, man, it's a little depressing. But I want to read the NLT as well. I put the NLT up there as well, I think. I hope so. Yes. Don't put your trust in mere humans as they are frail as breath. What good are they? Now you're probably like, why are we talking bad about people when people are the image of God? Why would that be bad? Because everybody has the image of God, but we also have a sinful nature. You know, the Bible says that the heart is deceitfully wicked and who can trust it? It's the same thing with every example, whether good or bad, especially bad. But what I've learned from those scriptures is that I can't idolize somebody who makes the same mistakes, struggles the same as me. I can't put somebody in that pedestal because one day they're going to fall and so will I with it. Because when you're under something, you fall with it. So when you put Christ there and he's the firm foundation, nothing will fall because he is firm and nobody else is. He is great and mighty and he is in control of all things. So if he wins in the end, I'm going to win in the end. So I have to put Christ, the image, for me instead of putting others, that image, for me because when they fall, I will. But when God's my image, you will not, when God is your image, you will not fall. So when you start comparing yourself to the good or bad examples in your life, cause you can say, well, I'm not as bad as this person or I wish I could be this person. Go back to the image of God. Stop comparing yourself. Stop putting yourself in a position where you are continuously comparing yourself, whether you're, you're, you're beefing yourself up or you're tearing yourself down. You need to go back to the image of God. You gotta stop putting a good example, like I wish I was there, and then saying with a bad example, well, at least I'm not down there. Both are pride. Both are prideful. 
So you need to go back to the image of God when that happens. Let's talk about this one. Is your image your position? Point number two is position. I'm talking about where you work, what you do, your gift. Is that your image? This was a hard one for me for the first two years of youth ministry. Because I thought I was all that in a bag of chips. But then I'm just a crumbled bag of chips now. (laughs) I want to make an example out of Saul. And some of you understand the story. Saul, God told Samuel to make Saul king. Saul was anointed to be king. And he did an incredible job. Like, I I was reading some of the context of what was going on, and Saul was killing thousands of people, and he was getting, he was getting God's, he was doing what God was telling him to do, and he was getting all this stuff done, and he was a mighty warrior, and he was doing all this great stuff. But when you become in love with the image of your position, you start to take control and do whatever you want. So here's what happens in 1 Samuel 15, verse 7. Saul slaughtered all of the Amnok, oh, dude, I hate these words. What is it? Amalekites. I'm going to do it in my Cajun. I say, Meshad Amalekites. Amalekites from Havilah, all the way to shore east of Egypt. Next verse. He captured Agag, the Amalekite king. Y'all, y'all, I'm homeschooled and I'm Cajun. Y'all can't judge me for Jack. I, just let me, just let me do my thing. Lord, help me. I feel Pastor Brandon right now. <laughs> but completely destroyed everyone else. So watch that. He captured. God told him to kill the whole city. God told him to kill and destroy the whole city. But he captured the king. Why? Because he was in love with his position and he did what he wanted. I hope y'all are catching that. He was in love with being king, that he forgot that the other king was telling him what to do. Next verse. Saul and his men spared Agag's life and kept the best of the sheep and the goats, the cattle, the fat calves, the lambs, everything. In fact, that appealed to them. They destroyed only what was worthless or of poor quality. And here's what's the problem. They specifically did stuff that sounds great when you read it. But if you read the chapter, a couple of verses from before, or even the chapter before, God specifically told him to destroy that place, the whole thing. But I've had to learn to do that sometimes too. Like, for example, I'll put it this in a a, a principle of modern age. When I used to prepare messages I used to just come up with topics and preach them and topics and preach them and topics. And the Lord convicted me and he said, why aren't you asking me? I said, Lord, you, you gifted me with preaching. So I think I can, you know, you know, you question God. You do that sometimes. And, and I told him, I was telling him like I knew. I told him, I was like, well, well, you give me the preaching position and, and, uh, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm doing, I'm, I'm really good at what I do. Right? You give me the position. You gifted me to it. And he said, that's exactly what I'm talking about, Jacob. I gifted you this position. So you have to ask me because I know how your position works in and out what the stuff that you don't know. So you have to trust me with my word because I gave you the position. So if I, if my image is in my position, when I lose it, who am I? When you lose your job, when you lose your gift, when you lose someone and you had your identification in these things, who are you? That's the danger of having images and everything else but the image of God. It causes you to downfall and brings you into a place of despair because you weren't fully, fully in the foundation of who he is in you. So you have to go back And don't be like Saul and just take the king and do what you want. Because God gifted you that position. you got to glorify him in all those things. You have to put him in that place. you got to put God in that place. So is your image your position? Are you a little too happy about the spot that you have and you're enjoying it and, and you feel like you're taking control a bit more? Are you involving God in that place? Are you involved? Every time I come, I try to come up with a topic. I say, Lord, what topic do you want to talk about? 
Because I know I don't want to be fussed at God next time, number one. Number two, I know that the Lord knows exactly what to speak to everybody in this room. So that's why I got to trust him for it instead of my own. So I got to realize that it's not the position I need to look at. It is God. So if you feel like you've been, you've been not consulting God with anything, if you feel like your image is in your position and cause, cause I wrote this down too. One of the biggest downfalls of having your image, your position is that you will always struggle with the thought, I am not good enough for this. Because you're carrying the weight of the position when God is the one helping you with that position. So don't, don't keep yourself up there. You've got to put God in that place with you. You've got to put God in that position. And if you're not, you will take all the credit. And guess what? When the credit's not there, it's just rolling. You, you, there's no more credits for you. You got your reward. Jesus said the Pharisees prayed in public. They did all this in public. That was their reward. But when I do stuff privately, when I know that my image is in Christ, when I know that nothing in my position, if I lose my position, if I, if people leave me, they're not my image. Christ is. So you got to keep the position to God and not make it an idol or an image. And just like Saul's story that I just talked about, it kind of bleeds into my third and final point. The third and final point is pride of preference. Pride of preference. It is not a, it, let's, let's talk about the elephant in the room. A lot of people have opinions. A lot of people have preferences. A lot of people think on what things should go and do. But when you drop down the pride of preference and you go into the, the humility of thinking and processing, you will bring yourself and God will bless you through that when you're not in the pride of preference. Because a lot of us in here, either we're like, you know, oh, we could, we could do this or we, you know, we can kind of try. Some of us are like, we should do this. We have to do this. When you get into a place of a pride of preference, you're making that an image. And I'm also talking about sinful image. Thinking what you do and how you praise yourself is a toxic image. It's an image, when you read the word toxic, when you think of acid, when you do that stuff, it's like acid. It's like you're burning your own self away. When you put yourself in front of God, when you put your praise in front of him instead of to him, the image of God is to be kept holy in your life because you are made in the image of God. I want to encourage you tonight. You're made in the image of God. And I want to hit this hard right now because the image of God listens, loves, encourages, challenges, brings up and not down. And some of our images have been cynical about others and situations. I want you to know this as well. Your sinful image was crucified at the cross. Here's my question. Why are you resurrecting it? God spoke this to me while I was driving on the road here. Why are you giving your sinful nature CPR? Y'all remember DeMar Hamlin? What happened in the NFL when he was, he had a cardiac arrest and everything and the, and the, and the team came out and they were trying to save him and rescue him because, you know, the dude was literally going to die. So they had to rescue him and all that. It took about what? I think what? Nine minutes. And they, they were trying their best to, to, to rescue him. We like to rescue our habit of sin. Y'all catching it? We, for some of us, we are giving our sinful habits CPR because what for? Why are you resurrecting something that Christ killed and put in the grave? Why are you bringing things back to life when Christ died for you to put it back in the grave? Why are you resurrecting sinful habits? Why is your preference being put in front of God? Why is your sinful image, because when you come to Christ, you are now being put back in the image of God. That's what happens when you repent of your sin, when you turn to God, when you serve him, when you live for him. 
your image is not your sin anymore. You are now made in the image of God. But we, a lot of the times, we will miss and we will resurrect sin when we shouldn't be. My brothers and sisters, that, that should not be. We should not be giving our sinful nature CPR, trying to bring it back to life. A lot of people do it. Let me tell you something right now. Cause, cause, cause there's the, there's the, I'm struggling a lot Christian and I have it all together Christian. Both are not in a good place. Because when you're not vulnerable with, with God and with others that you trust and are close to, you have the pride of preference. But then you have the Christian that's struggling and they haven't talked to anybody about it, but they're dealing with it by themselves. Both are at a bad angle. That's why you got to meet in the middle. You don't have to have it all together, but it doesn't mean you have to struggle by yourself. That's where you have to have people in your circle. It's like, no, nah, dude, that thing dead. Don't touch it. That thing is gone. Don't touch it. You have to have that type of circle in your life because you're making yourself an image because what you do is who you are. Sometimes what your behavior looks like is who you are. And a lot of us, by the grace of God, we have changed from evil ways, sinful ways, ways that we wish we could forget, but by the grace of God, we're set free from it. That's the good news. But sometimes it's like, I kind of want to bring it back. Are we all together in this room? Are we okay? You, you keep, you keep doing this when you're supposed to walk away and leave the old past behind. Look at, look at the next verse, Romans 6, 6. The old self. That's what you're, that's what you're resurrecting. You're taking back your old self that was crucified with him. So that the body ruled by sin might not be done away with. That we should no longer be slaves to sin. You know what that reminded me of? If you read Exodus, the Israelites complained to Moses multiple times. Why is that? Because they were so used to slavery for 400 years that slavery for them was normal. I think that's why some of us see PR, sinful nature, because it's so normal. Even when we were dead and we became radically saved, and that's great, but something is just trying to pulse. That's the sinful nature trying to get you back. The enemy doesn't want you to live free. The enemy doesn't want you to live in the image of God. He wants you to be like that girl and have all these implants and have all these changes to where you don't have to do nothing. But it's not until you take all of that off, you take all of the glamour off, you take all of the shade and all of this stuff and you become real with God and real with people you trust that are Christ followers, that are Christ-like, you will see your pride of preference drop because you're not wanting to give CPR to that anymore. I was talking to a guy today when I went, uh, we went eat lunch together and uh, he told me this quote that, a sinful moment is, is a three second of physical pleasure. Three seconds. But spending time with Jesus will be forever. So I have to put it in reality of why would I waste three seconds of my time with something that separates me from God and be ready to spend with him for the rest of my life, for the rest of eternity, for the rest of my soul. We got to drop the pride of preference. Some things are not worth fighting about. Pick your battles. Some things are not worth losing friends over. My best friend, my, my older spiritual brother, Luke. Everybody, a lot of people know who Luke Arsenal is. He has taught me about, he's trying not to laugh. <laughs> he's taught me that nothing Nothing is worth fighting over except Jesus. Nothing, no, 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 no idea, no, 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 no philosophy, no nothing compares to Jesus because all of us are on the same mission. All of us are in the same boat. So I'm learning, 
I'm a spiritual brother. I'm learning that there are things not worth fighting about. My part of preference needs to drop sometimes. Listen, you want to know, like Pastor Brandon said, you want to know how selfish you are? Get married. And I cannot wait to see how selfish I am when I have children. I love my wife a lot. I love her a lot. What God, what God is teaching me that I never really got taught my whole life was to drop my preference. And why is that? This is why, listen, y'all, I don't want to, I don't want to say this out loud, but I think I need to. I think the Lord's telling me to say this. This is why a lot of people don't stay in relationships because we're not willing to drop preferences and we're not willing to drop things that we think we're right about. We all know the scenario. Oh, I think I'm right, but she's always right. No, that's not, that's not it. What this is about is dropping preference. Let me tell you something. God bless her because she drops her preference more than I drop my preference. And I have a, a nice little preference. And she is so gracious with me. I'm learning to drop my pride because my preference is not my image. I'm not, I don't need to be glued to what I think I need to say. I need to stick to the image of God that I am learning in my own life. And you can learn that as well. So is the image people in your life? Are you comparing yourself? Are you putting yourself in places where people are your image? Is it your position? Are, do you, are you finding, are you finding identity in your gift? Or are you finding your image in what you think is good or what you think is right instead of really seeing how, what others need? and what Christ is telling you to do. What are those three? As I close tonight, I want you to think about that for the next couple of days. Because the image of God is so important. Some of you doubt yourself. Some of you are disappointed in yourself. I want to tell you today that you're made in the image of God. It's that simple. I don't need to say some cute quote. It's the image of God that keeps you out of those insecure places. It keeps you out of those places. It keeps you out of a place where you're dying within yourself thinking, am I good enough? Am I good enough? Am I good enough? He's enough. So if he's enough and he's in me, that means he's going to make it good enough. I got to keep myself in that place. When you get discouraged or when you get distracted or when you get like discombobulated from all of these things that you're dealing with. God wants you to know that you're made in his image. And that when you get back to the image, you get back to you. The real you, not the one you show people. The one that is you that God made, that God wired that way. If you're weird, God made you that way. I don't care what people say. If God made you crazy, God made you that way. You're crazy. It's okay. You, God made you a certain way. I'm not endure, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying your sin is okay. That's not okay. That's a no, no. But what I'm saying is, is that the way God has built you, don't let anyone make you feel shame for how God created you. Especially in a culture where they're teaching us to be something else than us. I need to go back to the image of God. And there's a lot of, especially with teenagers, there's a lot of teenagers out there that have an image that is not God because they're trying to find themselves and they're looking in the wrong place. And so I believe us as a people, even as students, and even for me as a, as a youth pastor, my job and my passion is for, is for students to find their worth in him because it's worth looking for. It's worth searching. It's worth going to because he satisfies ultimately. So when you go back to the image, you're made complete. When you go back to the image, people are not your image. Your position doesn't have to be your image. Even some, even your preference that gets you in trouble will not be your image. Go back to the image of God. When you're struggling hard, you need to go back to the image of God. With every head bowed and every eye closed, I want to pray in this moment.
tonight for some of us, it's time to go back to the image of God in us. But maybe you're in this room saying, well, Jacob, um, I don't think I know the image of God because I don't think I know who Jesus is. Christ was crucified so that our image with God could be made right through him. And I wonder if it's for you today to understand that God's image, he wants to be your image again. If you have not known to come to know Jesus as your personal Lord and Savior, if that's you, if you want to, you're saying, Jacob, I need to surrender my life to where I, I, I want to stop running. I'm always running, but I, but this, this Jesus guy, he, I feel like I don't have to run anymore. I feel like I can sit. If that's you, if you want to receive Christ as your personal Lord and Savior to where you can get back to the image of God, I want you to raise your hand right now if that's you. If that's you, I want you to raise your hand. Thank you, Jesus. Well, that's good. I want to make sure. But now I want to ask this question. Have you lost the image of God? It grieves my heart to see people not know the image of God in them. Because it's what makes you come alive. It's what makes you vibrant. It's what gives you breath. It's what gives you life when everything else is falling apart. The image of God. When you judge yourself, when you when you're judged by others or when, when you feel this, this pressure of this disappointment, you've got to go back to the image of God. If that is you, I want you to raise your hand. Don't be ashamed. God has given you an area to acknowledge it. If that's you, I see your hand. Anybody else? Keep your hand up so I can see it. If that's you, see your hand in the back. Now let's take a moment to pray the image of God over ourselves, over our spouses, over our children over the people we love most dear. Let's pray that they would know the Holy Spirit within them to where they don't have to feel defeated when somebody else tells them otherwise. Let's take this moment and let's pray for these people right now. Let's get in a moment of prayer. We have one more minute, but I just want to take a moment. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Father, we come before you right now. Lord, with people that are chasing images, are chasing identities, they're chasing, Lord, things that, that it's not just because it's not of you, Lord, but they have to chase and they have to run when with you we don't have to. You're there waiting for us to get there. Lord, we know people that that. They don't have to run no more. They don't have to chase all of these things and try to do all these things, Lord, because, Father, you are the one in the midst that they need to see, that they need to understand. So, Father, I ask you right now, Lord, as we all come into an agreement, Father, I ask, Lord, that every believer that is struggling with the image of God. Every teenager that is struggling with the image of God, every mother that is struggling with the image of God, every husband that is struggling with the image of God, every business owner, every minister, Lord, every worker, Lord, whatever 
wherever we are at, Lord, I pray that those who are struggling, Lord, that they would go back to what you said, that we are a masterpiece, that we are ambassadors of Christ, that we are disciples of Jesus. Lord, that we are, that we are made in your image and in your likeness, that you created us in the, in, from, even from our mother's womb, Lord, you have created us, David said. Lord, let us remember that image. Instead of trying to reach other images and try to impress others to get an image, Lord, I pray that we would stick to yours, that we would stick to your image and your likeness. Lord, because it is, it's the right, it's the true thing to do, it's the right thing to do, but Lord, it's the most blessed thing to know that your image is who we are that we're made in your likeness, that we're made in your majesty, that we're made in these things. And it's blessed. And it is a blessing to know that I am made in the image, so I'm gonna go back to it. That even in this image, Lord, that, I, that we try to portray, we're gonna go back to your image. Lord, we thank you. Father, we praise you, Lord, for the image of God. Father, we thank you, Lord, from this message. Father, I pray that, Lord, if we have these things in our lives that are blocking your image, I pray that we would, that this would challenge us this week, that it would convict us this week, Father, to keep ourselves in your likeness and in your image when we're struggling, Lord, when we're dealing with things, Lord. We need to go back to what you said we are because others don't know us like you do. You know me. With every eye closed, I want, you to, I want you to say this out loud with me. I want you to say, Lord, you know me. Say it again. Say, say it with your heart. Lord, you know me. Father, you know us, Lord. You have created us in your likeness. You've created us in your majesty. I pray that we would never forget that. Lord, it's not about others. It's not about tradition, Lord. It's not about just the struggle. We need to go back to your image when these things hit us face first. I ask, Lord, that you would bless every person that comes to the knowledge to know you and to know what they're made in the image of. We love you. Father, we praise you that we get to go back to your image, which is wonderful. It's in Jesus' holy name we pray. Amen. Amen. We all are good to go. Love you guys. If y'all need any prayer, some of the past will be up here. We all are good to go. God bless.